Hello and welcome to another episode of Mindshare Radio. My name is Kevin Whelan and today I want to talk a little bit about the uh, a sales conversation that I had recently with someone who was not in my target market, who wasn't an ideal fit for, for me as a client, uh, who had talked with me before in the past and uh, for one reason or another we decided not to work together. I think it was probably due to the fact that I was completely booked at the time and uh, and this person had, a, had very, very high growth needs, like significant growth needs, um, like wanted to grow by 30 or 40%. Uh, in the next year, but hadn't really done any marketing to date, uh, even though they had built up a $4 million business and, you know, by all rights had, uh, had some traction, especially coming out of COVID. Um, but anyway, this person reached out to me again and just wanted to re-explore the conversation and see if we might be a fit for working together. We had a discussion and frankly, it didn't feel like a fit, but I do want to talk a little bit about some of how that conversation went, things that I kind of picked up and learned, things that I've experienced over the years. And hopefully this impacts not only how you do sales, but how you position yourself on the front end of sales conversations so that you can have the best chance of winning and, and you feel the most confident in the process as well. So the first thing that, so this was a, this was a SaaS company who, who had come to me and um, they were looking to grow, as I said, really fast. And basically the first thing they said was, well, show me, um, tell me other uh, things you've, you've done. Show me like proof that basically you've uh, helped companies like mine succeed before in the past. And, um, you know, very quickly I was like, you know what, I've only ever worked with one SaaS company and they, uh, we did a, a great job with them. However, it was a part-time project for the owner and yeah, the owner ended up uh, splitting his attention and going to get another job. So uh, it's not really an ideal case study, although we could talk about the things that I did for them and, and what worked and we did build an engine and uh, that kind of thing. But you know, frankly, I've, for companies of your size, I've had a lot more experience, um, growing marketing teams, growing marketing systems, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I've, I've case studies and examples in other industries, but just not in this particular industry. And right off the bat, sort of that's, that sort of kind of set the tone of why well, nothing to, nothing to really demonstrate that I was, um, capable at helping that particular person because, uh, I only had examples of other industries. Now, keep in mind, this person didn't know much about me, and usually the, your best clients are going to have read your content or at least followed along with what you teach, uh, what you share, um, and maybe are familiar with you and, and ideally come through a warm referral. Uh, this this particular person came as a cold lead, so didn't really have much of a chance to warm up, and I don't even think he really remembered having like, much about our conversation prior. So we didn't really have a lot of... Um, there wasn't a lot of built-in trust right away from the beginning, which is a really big factor as well. So the first idea of um, specializing or not is, you know, and I told them outright, you know, I'm not a specialist in B2B SaaS, but I've got lots of experience in uh, in B2B and in um, you know education-based businesses, which is what the SaaS is for, and yada yada yada. I think you know what you're experiencing are very common marketing challenges. You know, building up a marketing strategy system and a team to support you, and a budget, and and developing kind of an engine that's going to grow. But it, it didn't really matter because because I didn't have provable, demonstrable expertise in that industry. And you know, at one point he's like, "Well, maybe maybe I should just be talking to someone who only does this." all day and every day. And I said, yeah, maybe, maybe that is the case. Um, and you know, that, you know, if you can find that person that I think probably be a great fit for you. And I wasn't at all trying to convince or try to sell them, uh, cause that's not what I do. Um, so really, you know, even though, you know, having worked uh, as a marketing consultant and advisor, um, for, uh, you know, better half of a decade and, and, or, you know, freelancing and consulting and web designing for, you know, 20 years, it didn't really matter, you know, because I didn't have any specialized proof in that particular client's uh, world. And that's, that's really what matters to them. So as a result, uh, you know, I didn't have any credibility 
you know, as far as he was concerned, uh, even, even with all my experience and my other case studies and other things. And I, frankly, I didn't have the same confidence, you know, because usually when I'm in sales conversations, I'm like, look, I do this very specific thing. I'm very good at it. And I'm the only one, you know, the only one that I know that does this specific thing, either co-working consulting or, you know, helping uh, fractional CMOs and advisors, um, consultants sell marketing strategy um, instead of execution services. So those are the types of conversations I'm used to having and the quality of service and, and and what I do is high. And so I just sort of, you know, very easy for me to stay relaxed. And I was relaxed in this conversation, obviously, but I, I really felt like I had no, you know, weight, no credibility in the, in the conversation, uh, other than, you know, sounding like I would promise the world, which I wasn't really prepared to do. Uh, and honestly, when companies are starting from standstill, they have to realize that things are going to take time to build an engine. There's really no like switch, you know? So, um, so anyway, right off the bat, not being a specialist in that industry wasn't helpful. So, um, you know, if you, uh, it just goes back to this, this idea, if you refer back to my kind of mind share methodology framework, uh, niches at the very top. And then I think credibility is second and, you know, without, without having a strong niche and without having just even credibility surrounding that niche or the work that you do, um, even horizontally, like I, yeah, you have been doing fractional CMO and advisory services for years now. And, uh, that didn't, that wouldn't matter. That didn't really seem to matter at all, uh, or impress them. Uh, not that I was, you know, leaning too heavily onto that, but, uh, it just goes to show you that, you know, having a very niche focus is the, is the whole, it's the most important piece that makes everything else easier. You can become more credible for that niche by having more case studies, you know, examples, um, logos, uh, featured on places like that, things that you've done. Um, so that credibility piece really, really, really matters. And I didn't have case studies in that industry form. You know, uh, I actually could have put together a B2B SaaS one in the past or something, but it wouldn't have made sense for me. So that's that. Um, and yeah, so without, without kind of credibility and without confidence, it's really hard to sell consulting services, even though I know I would do a great job and I would be able to help grow that business probably better than, you know, many other people, um, that he's going to speak to. So that was the first part. Um, yeah. And then the other part that I wanted to kind of highlight to you as sort of a lesson for you and for me is that, you know, he basically very quickly kind of got into, okay, well, how do you work? And, I, I answered the questions and there's nothing wrong with answering that question of how do you work? But what I should have done is saying, well, what are you like, what are you really looking for? You're looking to, to grow, like what, why grow and how grow and what do you envision? What is, what do you envision a successful, you know, relationship looking like? And this is really the main um, part of value that I want to kind of convey with you is, you know, at the end of the day, how you work is sort of irrelevant. You know, it's, can you, do you understand the needs of your clients? Do you understand the pains and motivations and desires of your clients or your prospects in this case? And can you, can you deliver the solution that they're asking for? Maybe not in the way that they ask for it, <clears throat> but I wasn't super clear since we'd spoken several months before. He said that he, you know, didn't, it's not surprisingly, didn't meet his uh, sales objectives, you know, growing by I think 30 or whatever percent uh, this year. So hadn't, you know, completely whiffed on that goal. And I think it lowered his expectations a bit, realizing that that was going to be very difficult or almost impossible. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, 
understanding what, what are your goals today? What are your challenges today? And what would a successful relationship look like? Because if he's coming in thinking, and I think I could be wrong, it sort of sounded like he was looking for a, a part-time marketing manager. And I said, look, I'm not a part-time, you know, I'm not, I'm a, I do fractional CMO and advisory work. You know, I give you advice. So what I need from you is to have someone on your, on your team in-house who is able to kind of handle and project manage a couple different things. And, and ultimately to be this, this, the, the hands in your relationship, in your business. And I would equip them with everything that they need to be successful. Um, and that, you know, uh, I don't think that was a fit, but that I only uncovered that after explaining my process and how I work. And I think generally the best thing to do is to say, Hey, what are you looking to accomplish? How do you envision that working? Why don't you do it yourself? You know, why don't you do it this other way? And, and then, and then if you think you can help them achieve the outcome that they're wanting, and regardless of how you achieve that, if you can help them achieve the outcome, then you can explain to them your system and how you work and why it matters and what you do. Uh, but getting into it without understanding his situation and his goals and needs, I think, you know, I completely miss the mark in terms of even if I explain the same thing I explained to all my clients or prospects, if he's looking for something different, like someone to just execute independently and do a certain thing. Uh, then I won't even know that. And then when I explain what I do, it won't, I'll never get that feedback. So the whole thing here that I want to kind of convey is one, you know, niching and credibility are the top of the pyramid in my world uh, for a very good reason. Methodology follows beneath that because at the end of the day, your methodology is only as credible as, as the things you apply it to. And, you know, having a very broad horizontal, um, methodology or specialization or just no specialization makes it very hard to be credible, makes it very hard to be, um, for any one particular niche or industry or group to feel like you really create stuff for them. And I, I'm telling you, everybody buys things bespoke with these days. We all want custom. So, uh, I hope that helps, you know, in the future, I'm going to ask more questions and really get clear on what do they want? What does the outcome look like? What are their goals? What are their challenges? Why this way? Why now? Why me? And if it's not right, uh, I'll send them to someone else. And that's what I plan to do with this particular client. So, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, this, he doesn't seem like a great fit. So I'm going to be cautious about who, who this lead goes to, but, uh, at the end of the day, it, um, yeah, uh, having clarity on, on who you help and how, and then, uh, and then asking great questions so that before you get into talking about you and your methodology, I think that's the best way to do sales. So I hope that helps. Um, you've probably been in conversations before where you don't feel like a specialist in the room. If the client is in that, you know, if they don't care that much, that might mean they're a good fit or not. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I hope that helps, uh, you know, if you try to specialize and, uh, and ask good questions before going into your spiel, uh, it'll make the sales process almost automatic. If you have that specialization, that credibility and a clear focus on what they want. So I hope that helps for today and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.